Hey there. We're so glad you tuned into our podcast today. We wanted to let you know that beginning June 3rd, we are shifting to our summer schedule and we will be having one worship experience Sundays at 10 a.m. If you want to find out more, visit our new website at wearefreedomlife.com. God gave the Holy Spirit to his church. And on the day of Pentecost, as you would read in Acts chapter 2, you see what many call the birthday of the New Testament church. You would see something happened on that day that was unprecedented. It was, it was something that was amazing, was powerful, was miraculous. But many don't even know what Pentecost is. They just assume that it's just one of those religious days and just leave it at that. But God's Holy Spirit is vital in understanding the Christian worldview, Christian living, and the way we are to execute our lives for the glory of His name. Amen? Many are unaware of, uh, as to what God wants to do because they've discontinued wanting to know more about God's Holy Spirit. And I think God wants to reveal more and more to you every day of your life. And when you discredit what God is doing, you find yourself in the middle of how did I get here land? How many ever found yourself in the middle of how did I ever get here land? You know what I'm talking about? You said to yourself like, how did I get here? Like I I thought I was doing something right. And, And you think, where did I made a left turn really wrong, a really bad left turn somewhere. And oftentimes it's because we have not listened to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. And I think man is quicker to go, see, you should have listened. Where God is like more gracious, I believe, to us than I think we imagine sometimes. For the disciples, when Jesus walked this earth, it was an interesting time because Jesus was leading the disciples and guiding them into truth physically. He walked with them. He talked with them. He taught them. And when he did that, he led them to do some things. And so when, he, when they get to see it in action, they didn't get to uh, be a part of what God is doing. It had been a, a, an amazing journey with Jesus, I imagine, When he then was arrested, persecuted, beaten, flogged next to death, hung on a cross, and then buried in a tomb, many of them said, it's over. That was not the end, that was the beginning. He resurrected and he came back and he spent a period of about 40 days after his resurrection Spending time with people. And in fact, the Bible talks about how more than 500 people had experienced Jesus after his resurrection. That's That's a lot of people. Like it's one thing for like a few people to like, you know, conspire and, you know, say that, you know, he had rose again and wow, that, you know, there's a few people. 500 people is a lot of people. Well, that's what happened. First Corinthians 15, 6 tells us a little bit of that. And some of them had even ate with him and touched his wounds. The ones that where his hands were pierced. And so 
after that 40 days of dramatic interaction and instruction from the Savior, he says, I'm going to go prepare a place, but I'm not leaving you by your lonesome. Not leaving you to yourself. I need you to go to Jerusalem and wait. Wait. 500 people plus had seen him, experienced him, but only 120 waited that week and a half for God's promised Holy Spirit. Think about it. A week and a half. Only 120 left when 500 seen. You think for a moment you could have probably waited. If you've seen the guy resurrect, you should probably listen to him. Is that fair? If the guy resurrected, you should probably listen. But some said, I got things to do, places to go, people to see. I think that we all have done that at some point. If we're honest with ourselves this morning, we've all forsaken the things of God because we have places to go and people to see. And, 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 and dare I say, just to step on a few toes, not on purpose, but truthfully, we put it under the guise of family time. But if we're honest with ourselves, Billy's over here and Sarah's over there and her husband's over there and the spouse is over there. Is there really family time? But 10 days later, something happened on that day and it happened suddenly. It happened all of a sudden. A sound came from heaven that messed up everybody's game plan. Right? Messed up everybody's game plan. Hey, I got an idea of what God wants to do. How many have ever thought you had an idea of what God was going to do and then you figured out what just happened? Right? You've had your case of the suddenlies. Oh my goodness. This suddenly happened. I didn't see that coming. So we look at what Luke's, Luke's dis- description of Acts. I want to bring a message entitled Suddenly this morning. Luke says in Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them to not depart from Jerusalem. Don't go nowhere. Right? That's the ghetto fractured version. I'm sorry, I didn't say that. But it said, do not depart Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You see, when... This was taking place. There was a promise laid. And there's two things that people don't like oftentimes. And I I, I can probably attest to myself. Maybe I'm just speaking for myself. I don't like to wait. Anybody with me? Don't judge me. Don't you judge me. For those of you that lifted a hand, thank you for your honesty. For those of you lifting two hands, thank you for your brutal honesty. I don't like to wait. And I don't always like promises. Because if you had promises broken before, you realize that promises are often setups for a letdown. 
Promises are setups for letdown. And promise, promise, promise. I've heard promise. Pastor Tony, I was really sick. I'll be there next week. Pastor Tony, it's been a bad month. I'll be there next month. Pastor Tony, it's been a, la- a bad year. See you next year. I kind of stopped holding on to those promises much longer. I kind of put them here and say, if it hatches, it hatches. All right? Just let it be. I don't like to wait, and I'm not a fan of promises. But both of those things were required to see the promise of God fulfilled. You follow? You have to wait sometimes. You have to wait for things that are worthwhile. What event had brought Christ to tell them, go wait? Every Sunday we have a little rundown of what we're doing in the service, who's doing what. It's a rundown. Just a basic agenda, right? And we have that agenda. I wish sometimes God would give me one of these. How many ever wish God would give you a rundown? Like, here's the deal for your life. Right? Here's a rundown from heaven. Jesus. Like it happened in Mount Sinai with the commandments, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. God would kind of drop this. You are to marry blank. You are to make this amount of money. You are to live here and you live happily ever after. I got a plan. I got a plan. And I'm going to execute this plan because I know what he wants. But no, Jesus said, no, 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 no. Wait, just wait. Wait, what? Wait in Jerusalem. Okay, at least I know where to wait. Wait in Jerusalem. Okay, God, I'll wait in Jerusalem. For a promise. What promise? Promise Holy Spirit. Okay. What does that mean? There's a lot of question marks. You realize that? But if God said it, I should probably pay attention. Because the Holy Spirit calls us to make a change. But watch this. He then gives us the power to overcome the obstacles to fulfill everything he has for us. Did you know that? Yes? He gives us the power to overcome all the obstacles. So what was this promise to come? 50 days following Easter is what we know as Pentecost. Seven Sundays following Easter is Pentecost. In, in, the, in the days of Jesus, in the days of Christ, the disciples adhered to the, some of this. Some of the followers of Jesus adhered to this. Day of Pentecost, it was a feast. It was a big feast. It was important. But on this day, I don't know about you, but how many look forward to family feasts? I don't know about you, but I love when we're planning a family feast. Some of you are thinking about tomorrow, you haven't even tuned in. Welcome and good morning. <laughs> Some of you have already made, somehow through the first part of this message, you've created three lists of things you need to pick up after church. Tune in. Please. It's only going to be another hour and a half. But I'm telling you right now. 
Some of you are like, wait, what just happened? I heard hour and a half. I was making a list. <laughs> I was checking it twice. I don't know. No, 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 no. I love feasts. I love, I love getting together. I love showing up at friends' house and family's house when they've started the grill and the food is cooking and you're smelling it. You know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all are like revival, Jesus. <laughs> Just like that's, a, that's the smell of revival. And so, and so for me, I love it. I love that, I love that moment. But I'm going to ask you a question. What if, we, what if we approach the presence of God the same way? See, because they came on the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost, they were hungry. They were hungry. They were expecting. They, there was a feast about to happen. But, but, but when Pentecost came, God was filling them in a different way. What if we came to God hungry? The same way we come hungry for that steak, that chicken, that burger, that hot dog, that whatever it is you cooking, whatever that barbecue you got going on, whatever slow cooking, you know what I'm talking about? Whatever's going on there. What if you came to God the same way? What if you got up in the Sunday mornings and you said, you know what? I'm going to wait. I'm going to prepare myself internally as much as I prepared myself externally. You know, you press your shirt. I pressed mine. You like it? It's pressing on it. While it was on the thing, not on me. That's bad. You know, I was ironing and getting ready, getting my shirt ready this morning and things. But what if we, what if we prepared ourselves internally like we do externally. What if we came just as hungry, if not more so, to God's picnic? Like we do family picnics. You know why God said wait? Because sometimes he wants to separate the people that just want something for the people that want him. I don't think I always want him as much as my mind says I do. I just feel comfortable with knowing he's near sometimes. And that's not enough. Friend, that's not enough. To know he's near is not enough. I want to know him. In order to know him, I got to spend time with him. I got to put aside everything else and wait for his suddenly. Because when you wait for him... The suddenlies come. They had a suddenly that happened in Acts chapter 2. And some churches don't want the suddenly. Because guess what? I would rather follow this because I understand it. We're not a church. This is all suggestions. We ultimately want God to run the service. It's his rundown. This is just a suggestion way and a frame that we laid out because I believe God deserves the best. We put together, we do our best to put together the, the best service you've ever experienced every week. That's okay. But at the end of the day, if we don't give you the word and we don't give you a chance to spend some time with God, what did we do? There are organizations that do what we do. They, they get together and they sing songs. You know, they do, they do, they'll do a little chant, a little walk, a little motion. Yeah. They'll do the stuff like that. You go to the YMCA, they'll, they'll tell you stuff. <laughs> All that stuff they, everybody's got motions and stuff. But where's the heart behind what we're trying to do here? Our desire is to love God, love people, change the world. That's our heart. Week in 
and week out. If the Holy Spirit is not involved in those things, they can't happen. We can't love God, lest the Spirit draw us. We can't love people. There's people you know that it's only the Holy Spirit that lets you love them. Testify? Anybody else testify? Don't point at anyone. I'm telling you, just put your hand up. Some of you are like... Don't do that. We're trying to build community, not separate them. (laughs) Some of you are like, yes, Lord. (laughs) Don't say this message is for someone else either. That's the same thing. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, he's preaching on this. Where is this message was for them? (laughs) Right? Y'all did. Don't lie because half of y'all done that at some point in your life. You're sat in the service saying, I wish this person was here. Because this is for them. Y'all got real Pentecostal with the stomp. This service was for them. They're in bed. I know because I knocked on their door for like half an hour. Listen. Let's not get it twisted. The Holy Spirit has more for you than you think he does. Don't stop pointing fingers, worried about other people. Because the Holy Spirit taps on your shoulder and tells you, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Right? He's done it. He's done it with me. There's times I'm preparing messages. I'm like, man, I think this is going to be good. I'm going to really be like, ooh, 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 ooh. That's me. That's me. <sighs> you see, Acts chapter 2 told us something interesting. It says, when the day of Pentecost fully come, they were all in one accord. The miracle was not just the tongues and the power, people. The miracle was the fact that people were gathered together in one place, in one mind. That was the first miracle. The fact that they were in agreement. You get 120 people in the room, and they're in agreement. That's miracle number one. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Right? Church people. That's a roller coaster right there. You get 20 church people, you're lucky to get them all in one accord. I'm Hispanic. We fit a lot of people in one accord. <laughs> I grew up in the city. You should see how many people we fit in an accord. But that's not the accord we're talking about. <laughs> that was back when there were no seatbelts allowed or necessarily. Never mind. Okay. Some of y'all just got it. Welcome. Welcome. Honda. Never mind. We'll move on. <laughs> We'll edit that in podcast and post. We'll take care of it. That was a mess. Um, <laughs> don't. Don't encourage me. Don't. Stay focused, even if I'm not. When the day of Pentecost came, they were in one accord. That was amazing that they were actually in unity. Then a sound from heaven came and stuff started to get deep. When stuff starts to get deep, People start to find their way to the door. Stuff starts to get a little crazy. They start to head for the doors. And then the sound of a Russian mighty wind. See, when I first got saved, I was like, they were speaking Russian. It was a Russian mighty wind. No, it's not. that's not what we were talking about. It was a mighty wind that hit the place. Because they were talking about tongues and stuff, so I wasn't understanding. But they were there. 
And all of a sudden, another miracle took place. Spirit of God hit that place. Tongues everywhere. And let me be very, very clear right now to you. As a church, as a body, listen to me. Some of you grew up in churches that told you that A, tongues are not for today. B, uh, tongues are demonic. Uh, C, uh, you know, that's not, you know, whatever. That's not of God and these things. I want to tell you something crystal clear. If you believe these things, let me, let me just enlighten you a little bit. Just a little bit. Let me expand your horizon a little bit here. If that's the case, then Paul was demonic. And many of the apostles were demonic. And those 120 people in the upper room were all demonic. Tongues were not just for then. Tongues are for God's people, period. Pentecost and this day that we're talking about was the beginning of the church. Now, does that mean that everyone is to speak in tongues? We would hope that everyone would receive everything that God has for them, but no. Does that mean that you can't go to heaven if you don't? No. No, that is not the case. That is a gift of God, just like the other gifts, but they operate differently and they have different ways that they encourage and build the body. Because let me again crystallize this and just put it into real plain knowledge. You received the Holy Spirit when you accepted Christ. The Holy Spirit's already in you. This is a separate thing that happened because they knew Christ and because they sought him. He gave them a gift and they spoke in tongues. Don't let it freak you out. Don't let it weird you out. We are in complete control when we pray. We're not robots or possessed. Neither one of those. It's a gift that we're expressing and utilizing as the last days are approaching us very quickly. We need more and more of His Holy Spirit. How many would agree with that? So stop throwing everything out. Say we need less of that, less of that. Guess what? We need more of God in these last days. And some of you, I know for some of you, you grew up in, in surroundings and in, in churches and things of that nature that... You, you kind of get weirded out and strange. But, but can I tell you something? Just be open to the suddenly. Just be open to the fire of God encouraging you. Be open to the things of God encouraging you. Because the Holy Spirit wants to put in... The same Holy Spirit that set the stars in their place. The same Holy Spirit that hovered over the waters of creation. Is the same Holy Spirit that formed your life. And it was that Holy Spirit that was breathed in you. That life of God, the breath of God, the wind of God, that's what you're made of. That's your DNA. Not the sin. The sin was a cause and effect. It was rather an effect of the cause of sin that causes you to to be rebellious. But your origins are holy. Your origins are of God. You were created in His image. Look at me. No fish. No animal, nothing else was created in the image of God but you. You have the Holy Spirit in you. Stop acting like you don't. And start living like you do. Allow His suddenly to be active in your life. You know why? Look at me. And I need you to hear this. Memorize it. Write it down in the back of your bulletin that are strategically placed a place for message notes. Or tweet it or whatever you want. But hear me and hear me closely. 
The Holy Spirit's voice is as loud as your willingness to listen. People don't hear the Holy Spirit because they're not willing to listen. The Holy Spirit's voice is as loud as you're willing to listen. So what does the Holy Spirit do for us? Well, I'm glad you asked. Here are three things. Number one, the Spirit emboldened men. We're talking about what it did, what he did back in those days, but what he also does for us today. But the Spirit emboldened men who were once timid. We look at example like Peter. Peter gets a bad rap because Peter was all in. You know what I mean by all in? He's either really, really on a high or really, really on a low. You know what I'm talking about? He was all in. He was either really, really saying some good stuff or really, really, you shouldn't have said that. He lacked what we call filter. Again, no pointing. But you ever met somebody who lacks filter? Right? That was Peter. Peter lacked filter. He was all in. He was either all in good or all in bad. But one way or another, he's all in. Right? Guess what? I will take a Peter any day over someone that rides the fence on everything. Because the church is full of people that don't want to offend anybody. I'm not out to offend anybody, but I'm not going to let that compromise truth in my life. I'm also not going to apologize what I stand for. Anybody with me? I want God suddenly in my life. Because at any point in time, with my faithfulness, if I stay diligent, if I stay alert, come on somebody. If I stay diligent and I stay alert and I stay focused, suddenly it could happen. Because that's what happened. There were people that were day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six, day seven. They got, I bet they were tired after a while. Waiting and waiting. Waiting for what? I don't know. A promise. Something. By day 10, right? They're like, there's only 120 of us in this room. I don't know what to do anymore. Right? They waited. Suddenly. Suddenly. See, I, I don't remember when I said this, but I'll say it again. God sometimes wants to separate those who want him from those who truly desire to see him those who just want what what we like about christianity the good feeling the nice community and while we try to build community in this church guess what ultimately what's going to change people the holy spirit so in our lives we have to realize that the holy spirit is the keystone to our hearts and our lives second thing the spirit guided them to preach the message boldly same Peter that denied Jesus. Let's go back to Peter for a moment. He was timid. He was rude sometimes. He, whatever. That same guy led 3,000 people to Jesus when the Spirit of God came. You tell me the Spirit of God will make a difference. There's the same guy that denied Christ. Look at me. Same guy that denied Christ just a few days prior, right? He denied Christ. Do you know him? No, I don't know him. I wasn't with him. It was the same guy that got up and said, no, 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 no. Let me tell you what's happening here in this room. Let me tell you what's happening here today. And 3,000 people gave their hearts to the Lord. 
That's a good sermon right there. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was now involved. The third thing, and I want you to understand, is the Spirit led them to personal change and growth. See, the idea of hope and change, this area will often be strengthened by other areas in our life. And if you're bold and you're honest, you will tell other people about their need of a Savior. Not just you, not just, you're not the only one in need of a Savior, we all are. There has to come a point where you have to tell somebody. The church grew that day, plus 3,000. That's a good startup, right? You're going to start a church, preach a sermon, 3,000 people to start. That's a good start, right? The first dozen grew to hundreds. And then when Peter preached, it grew to thousands. And in Acts 21, verse 20, it was tens of thousands. Legions of people came to the Why? Because when you get a bunch of people that know what their reason is, that know what their purpose is. Come on, somebody. You hearing me? When you get a bunch of people that know their reason for existence, the reason why they're here, it gets infectious. We start telling other people about the love of God. We start telling people about the hope of God. We start telling people about the chance that we have in Christ. See, the Spirit of God made people bold and He guided them and He led them as well. What's the difference between guided and led? See, guide, you can guide somebody by telling them where to go. You ever been on the phone, you got lost somewhere? Okay, at the next light, make a left. Okay, here's a light, make a left. Okay, you're going to come to a stop sign. You're going, to see a, 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 you're going to see a dude in the corner. He's doing jumping jacks. He's always there working out. Hang a right at the Wendy's. Right? And you hang a right there. And so you're like, okay. yeah. So you can guide somebody and not be there. Right? But when the Holy Spirit leads you, he says, come. Come. I, I got something I need you to do right here. Go do this. I don't know why I feel like I'm supposed to do that. Don't, you don't have to know. Obe- obedience doesn't always come with knowledge. Obedience doesn't always come with knowledge. Obedience often precedes knowledge. We often look back and go, oh, that's what he was trying to do. I didn't get it. But he led you there. You get what I'm saying? And that's the Holy Spirit. There's times he will guide you. He will talk you through. Other times he's going to lead you there. He's going to be the one that gets there before you. And he's going to tell you, this is what I need you to do. So here's what I want to say. Are you allowing the Spirit of God to transform you? And would you want to have more of a personal change in your life? Because the truth lies in the reality that many of us don't even know what Pentecost really means. Pentecost was a set-aside time a high and holy day that people set aside and they didn't work. They didn't do anything except celebrate and consecrate themselves to God. We need those times. Leviticus 23 tells us more in detail if you want to know more about it. Leviticus 23 tells us, verses 15 and 16, that there was to be seven Sabbaths that would be completed. Count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath. And so what happens is that that's what they were leading to. What they were leading to was the Pentecost. When you get to that day, That's where you celebrate Pentecost. And it was one of the great feasts of Jewish year. Many people from around the world would gather together in these feasts. 
And that's when God decided to pour out his spirit upon a group of people and speak in tongues. And in their own language. He did amazing things that day. But guess what? We need the Holy Spirit suddenly today. How many know we need the Holy Spirit suddenly today? Pentecost is a popular term among Pentecostals. Right? But I I tell you what. what, what What I am afraid of sometimes is that people think that all we do is we're tongue talkers. And that's all we do. No, we don't. We don't just talk in tongues or speak in tongues. We're making a difference around the world. Don't limit me by the tongue that I speak. Right? That's one gift of many gifts. That's one aspect of many aspects. And as a, a proud Assembly of God ordained minister of my fellowship, I believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit is very key to the changing of the world. But I believe... That the Holy Spirit has a lot of other things to do too. A lot of other ways he wants to minister to the body. And so I'm reminded of this strange thing they did in the Middle Ages. And some cathedrals in Europe. You know what they did? They actually poked holes in their ceiling of their church. And they had holes so they can see the sky. And in honoring of Pentecost they would drop rose petals. And release doves into the air. Can you imagine? And we start releasing doves into the room like this. That's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Let's just let doves run, fly crazy around the room. I'll be like, that church is a little different. A little different, right? That's a, the that's a code for like, woo-hoo. That's code, you know that. Stop lying like you don't know that. That's different. But this is, I mean, people do some strange things to try to relate to the Holy Spirit. But guess what? You know what? God doesn't want your dove. Keep your dove. Let the dove fly. Keep your rose petals. And please don't poke a hole in our ceiling. I know some of you are like, man, there goes my plans for after church. I was so looking forward to that C4. Right there. I want to see Jesus lifted high. No, 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 no. no. Let's, let's keep it simple, friends. How about you just offer yourself to him? How about we say, God, I'm open. And I want, to, I, want to, I want your Holy Spirit in my life. Amen? I want you suddenly upon me. So let me say this. The lesson I want you to walk away with is this. The Father is seeking people to worship Him. For God is a spirit and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Why? Because the Spirit of God is the power of God. The, it, is, it is through the Spirit that God works miracles. He breaks down barriers. He restores families. He brings transformation in and through people. The lesson for us is clear today. Church, hear me. If we want God's blessings to be filled with power and His mind and His Spirit, we are to be showing up when and where He is. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Setting aside time is very important in order for God to work in you. Two verses, and I'm going to close in a moment. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things that I say? Luke 6, 46. And Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. You know what the problem is? Many people want the traction of being a follower without the action to do so. 
We want the traction of being used by God without the actions it takes to get there. Friend, I want God to tell me, wait, and then he just suddenly comes upon me. But we can't get past the wait. We can't get past the wait. Because even now, some of you are struggling. I got things to do. I got places to go. I get that. This is the only chance that we get per week to gather together. And I want to tell you, are you willing to wait? Because we got this button on our, on our, on our uh, microwave. with popcorn on it. And you press that button and all of a sudden, exactly what we want. The exact amount of time or whatever. And we want, many of us have this like Holy Spirit button. Like, let me just press this, and if I can just spend a certain amount of time, I'll be good. I suspect that something would not have happened in certain people's lives if they didn't wait that day. If they had other plans, that Pentecost would have passed them. But today, I hope this is your prayer. God, we desire your suddenly. Amen? Come on, all across the room, would you bow your heads with me right now? As we pray, Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit and your suddenly. I pray today that we will give our hearts, minds, and lives to the furtherance of your kingdom, not ours. Lord, I pray today that you allow us to see and seek you in a way that we should. Forgive us for being so ordinary while claiming to know an extraordinary God. Help us to let your Holy Spirit change us and to focus our attention on conquering the struggles in our mind, the things that we need to do. Lord, help us to focus on the things we need to become. They will shape the things we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.